Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. And now, as the red carpet has been unfurled and the microphone is on... Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Four degrees out there. Cold. Well, it's like I said earlier this morning, I called Tab Smith at Goose Pit Kennels, uh-huh. and he's going to be teaching Festus how to unlock the back door and let himself out in the morning. I'm not going out anymore. I agree with you. Woo! Ooh, it is cold, but uh, yeah. So, Have uh, you got any thank yous from Mr. Budweiser <laughs> Snoogleflusker or whatever his name no, is? No, but uh, I've actually... Uh, Sold over 30 books on uh, Amazon. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I finished your book. I oh. found it excellent. And I I don't know, just the way I perceived the ending, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do I see a sequel? You know, I left that door open. You did, yeah. wide open. <laughs> so When oh. I read that, I said, watch out. Here yeah. comes another. It, it could happen. That's I've already been thinking of a kind of a plot and some things. So we'll, so we'll see. Okay, I I thought so. Okay. So I picked up this book in Jackson Hole when I was over there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's called It Happened in Wyoming. There you go. And so not too far from where we're at. Uh, So it's events that kind of shaped the history over there in Wyoming. And this takes place in 1903. And... I'm going to talk about, this is where you are a true expert Uh on this. Uh Okay. I'm going to talk about a horse named Steamboat. They called him the unrideable horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've heard of Steamboat. Oh, many, many times, yeah. Yeah. That's back in the uh, Pete Knight era and back in there, the early Cowboys. I'd say back in the 20s. Well, even earlier than that. Was it? Yeah, 1903. Yeah. All right. So... so here it was. It was going to be kind of an epic match. You had Steamboat, the Unrideable, and against world champion Bronkbuster Guy Holt. Mm-hmm. Remember? Does that sound I've read name? about the name. Okay, so yep. Guy Holt. Yep. So just picture this. Here's Steamboat. He comes into this small dirt arena in the summer of 1903. The crowd is cheering in anticipation, and he's a beautiful, I just picture this horse, a beautiful, completely black, except for a few uh, white tufts of hair at the bottom of his legs. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just sound like an amazing animal? Like that TV show when we were kids, Fury. Yes. Remember that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, had a large, full chest, a prominent head, and he just kind of strutted uh, to a clear space in front of the grandstand, and can you just picture his ears just kind of flicking back and forth, and his tail just swishing back and forth, just calm as could just be. Just saying, bring it on, baby. Yeah, yeah bring it just kind of, you know, I, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for you. So he gets to his designated space, and he turns to the crowd and kind of whinnies, yeah. you know, and, well, there's hoops and hollers that come from the crowd, and many of them had come specifically to see this particular horse and rider, because right. he was famous. Right. 
So the pickup man approached the black horse and just stood still, allowing the man to slip a bucking rein and a gunny sack blindfold over his head. At the same time, here comes Guy Holt. He walks into the arena, a blanket over his shoulder, a saddle bouncing against his hip. He was dressed in the typical cowboy attire, of course, the big old wide-brimmed hat. Oh, yeah. If they uh, took off, they'd be like the flying nun. Yeah. <laughs> a bandana around his neck, long sleeve, uh, button-up shirt. Oh, yeah. high heel pointed oh, toe yeah. boots, complete with spurs, and and you've seen this, a white Angora chap. Oh, yeah. Chaps. Oh, covered yeah. his legs. They were big in those yeah. days. But so he acknowledged the crowd as he made his way to the horse that he was about ready to, to go against. So Steamboat's ears, they kind of flattened. You know how they, that was always a warning, right? When those ears go back, yeah. flat against the head. Yep, yep. Well, Holt slipped his trademark red and blue saddle blanket onto the horse's back. Steamboat planted his four hooves firmly on the ground, bending his knees and starting to squat just a little. His back arched a little. Holt threw his saddle bronc over the top of the horse and then cinched it on tight. Yeah, right about there I'm saying, does anybody want to try him first? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking, uh, not me. Oh, boy. So here's the crowd. They're holding their breath. So Holt, he checks his spurs, uh, tightened his bandana, brushed off the Angora shafts to prevent prevent it from coming off during the ride. Pulled his hat down right tight right around his head. All the while, Steamboat is just standing there, uh-huh, yeah. holding his position, uh-huh. barely moving. Yeah. Holt places his left foot in the stirrup and his knee against the side of Steamboat. The horse didn't move. Mm-hmm. Holt threw his right leg over the saddle, found the stirrup on the other side. He was ready. Uh, yeah. He's ready. Now, seeing the match was about to begin, Steamboat pointed his head to the ground, lowered even further. You know how they put their head oh, right yeah. down. I, I, well, I'll tell you what, from experience, I don't even like to recall this. Okay. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> so the pickup man looked at Holt, and as their eyes met, Holt gave him the nod, that just little nod, you know. The pickup man released the blindfold, and Steamboat sprang to life. Oh, boy. The crowd came alive as Steamboat exploded, shooting straight into the air. Landed on his ramrod stiff legs that seemed as if they were made of steel, and a strong jolt swept up through Holt's spine. Just jarred the heck out of this poor guy. It's like being on a teeter-totter and the other guy yeah, jumps, jumps off. off. Yeah, so that's the beginning. Well, Steamboat went to the work of bucking. He zigzagged across the arena, Holt's body just flailing with every move. The cowboy tightened his grip and allowed his body to sway with every movement the horse made. They became kind of synced, kind of together. And you've seen that with riders, mm-hmm. uh, as if almost as if the man and the horse were one. Absolutely. Being just, and you've seen the great riders, I guess, how they just kind of feel like they're part of the animal. In some cases, they almost make it look too easy. Yeah. Yeah, some of the really great riders. And you've seen a lot more than I have. But anyway, Steamboat jumped, and he switched the position of his body in midair and coming down hard on stiff legs every time, which had to, again, be jarring the heck out of poor Holt. Uh, Cowboys, pitchmen, and handlers uh, rushed for the fences as the horse came around the arena, and dirt flying in all directions. Well, Holt's hat flew off his head as Steamboat just kept gyrating and jumping and turning. Holt reached for the saddle just as Steamboat arched his back and prepared for yet another launch. When the horse came down, Holt began to lift from the saddle. 
Mm-hmm. He took hold of the horn. Uh-huh. Just as Steamboat slammed back onto the ground, the impact caused Holt's nose to bleed. Uh-huh. So that had to be pretty hard. The crowd jumped to its feet, whooping and hollering. Some cheered for Holt, while others cheered for Steamboat. Sure. And as the horse started another round of bucking, he let out this high, shrill whistle that had given the horse his name. And I'll explain that to you in a little bit, why they called him Steamboat. Uh, Steamboat headed back to the grandstand at the far side of the arena. He made a mighty leap. He seemed like half his body twisted one way and the other a completely different direction. The move was more than Holt could take. His hand slipped off the saddle horn, and he landed, left the saddle, landing hard on the ground. Mm-hmm. So rid of his rider, Steamboat just continued to buck until the pickup man was able to release Holt's saddle. And almost immediately after it was off, Steamboat just kind of pranced to the grandstand and was just kind of waiting for the crowd as they cheered. And here was Steamboat, the unrideable horse. Yeah. An amazing animal. Yeah, let's stop you there. Um, 1903. I am trying to remember when they came up and started the times on the rides instead of riding them to a standstill. Yeah, I... When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, i got to look that up. So, 1920s, 30s? I don't know, but uh, you know, a lot of good horses would have stayed good horses for a long time had they had the time. Right. And at those days when they started the times, it was 10 seconds in the Bronx oh, instead of eight. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. I mean, if the, a, a horse can go really hard for eight seconds, yeah. they're going to last a lot of years. Oh, absolutely. But uh, that's why I was curious about this this particular ride and this horse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steamboat was actually born in 1890. Six, so he was what about a six-year-old when this all took place, and he was born on what they called the Foss Ranch, just outside mm-hmm. of Laramie, Wyoming. Oh, okay. Have you heard of the Foss yes. Ranch? Yes. Mm-hmm. So he ran the the range at the Foss Ranch for three years until he was sold to the Swan Land and Cattle Company's Two Bar Ranch. Now, does that? Now, I've heard of the Swan Landon Livestock Company. Okay. I don't know for sure too much about it. And it's just, called the Two Bar Ranch. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Yeah, but at that time, it was one of the largest ranches in Wyoming. So one day, ranch hand, uh, his name was Jimmy Danks, and he was throwing Steamboat down uh, to castrate him. And the horse hit his nose on the ground, breaking it. Uh-huh. Well, Danks held Steamboat down as the ranch foreman, a guy named Sam Moore, cut the broken bone out of the horse's nose. Oh, my. 
After that, every time the horse breathed heavily, it sounded just like the whistle on a steamboat. Really? And that's and where... And thus the name. Thus the name of steamboat. Holy cow. So, anyway, part of uh, Dank's duties on the two-bar was to break all the young horses. Yeah. And uh, so Dank's job was to place a bridle in the saddle on the horse and then ride the animal until he stopped bucking and accepted the rider. Uh, it required skill, patience, endurance, and for this reason, the job wasn't just given to anybody. Danks was one of the best on the two-bar ranch. They didn't just let anybody get on these horses. And Steamboat actually was a gentle horse, easily led uh, with a bridle. But when someone tried to get on him, he became a different animal entirely. There's a lot of them like that. Just gentle as can be. Yeah, rodeo horses that I know, uh, one in particular, and I'll give you a quick story. When my son was born and Stevens Brothers Rodeos had a horse called Ripcord, and Ripcord was bucking everybody off all over the nation. But you could put my boy, little Jake, on his back and they could lead him around. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Don't you think a horse knows, though, What's expected of them, in a way. When business occurs. Right, right. Well, it was a business Steamboat took to very well. Yeah. Uh, In no time at all, uh, he had a reputation as a top bucker, and he was sold to C.B. Irwin of the Irwin Brothers Wild West Show. No, I've heard. You've talked about that. I I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Bill actually had previously shown an interest in Steamboat uh, for his own Wild West Show. Uh, and he had actually offered $2,000 for the horse. And that was clear back in the early 1900s. Yeah. So that was a lot of money. However, when a guy named Cravel Pegas, the man Buffalo Bill sent to Laramie, was unable to ride the horse, he withdrew the offer. Really? So his best rider couldn't ride this horse. And That's so- quite a name. Cravel <laughs> Cravel Pegas. <laughs> Never heard that one before. Uh, that's a different one. Well, Irwin brought his show to Cheyenne, Wyoming, calling it the Irwin Brothers Cheyenne Frontier Days Wild West Show. So Frontier, Frontier Days held in Cheyenne, Wyoming, was becoming a big, huge event. I think it still is a pretty big Cheyenne? show. Cheyenne? Yeah. Oh, huge. huge. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I've never... If you've never been there, get to Cheyenne. Okay, that absolutely. sounds like it would be a great time. Yes, absolutely. But the annual event actually began on September 23rd, 1897. So one of the oldest uh, oh, yeah. rodeos. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Greatest and, show on dirt, along with Calgary. Yeah. Uh, and it began as a way for the ranchers in the area to show off their hands to see uh, what ranches had to offer as far as the best riders. Uh, The first show opened to a firing of cannons by troops from a nearby fort, followed by shooting rifles, pistols, and even shotguns into the air. You want to have fun at a rodeo with the stock load in the chute? (laughs) Go ahead and shoot your cannons off. (laughs) Well, when the event was first founded, the cowboy had to ride, as we talked about, had to ride the horse until the horse came to a standstill, just as would be the case on a ranch. So they tried to keep it uh, as close to what a real ranch would do. I got to tell you quickly, you know, you mentioned, and I don't want to take your time, but I was doing a rodeo on the coast on the 4th of July about 10, 15 years ago, and somebody, and it was on the 4th of July, somebody with a fireworks crew screwed up badly and torched off oh. some of the fireworks during the bronc riding. How about that was the show? It was uh, <laughs> more interesting than the actual event. Yeah. Well, 
and in this case, you know, the rider was scored and a winner was determined yeah. by, by judges. But the early arenas had no shoots. Uh, horses were brought to the center of the arena yep. and saddled by the cowboy yep. who was about to make the ride. And it was here in this arena at Cheyenne Frontier Days that Steamboat earned his reputation as a top bucker. Irwin had the contract with Frontier Days, supplying the event with livestock, including Steamboat. And cowboy after cowboy attempted and failed to ride Steamboat, earning him the worst bucking horse of the year award <laughs> in both 1907 and 1908. Wow. And the first time this other guy tried him was 1903. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going a few years here. But it was a title as coveted as the Cowboys World Champion Bronc Rider yep. to be that horse. So few few Cowboys had won that title either in the preliminary or the final rounds, uh, did so on the back of Steamboat. The powerful horse was so successful at sending his riders to the ground that reporters began calling him the outlaw horse. Yep. Now, Steamboat bucked at the Cheyenne Frontier Days for 11 years, which may have been quite a while for oh for that type of, uh, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, anyway, until Irwin lost the stock contract, Steamboat died on October 14th, 1914. So he was about, about what, 17, 18 years old. And he had to actually be put down by Irwin after he got cut by a wire fence and contracted a blood disease. Now, help me. I don't want to jump in on you, but didn't they bury him at Cheyenne? Um, I don't know. I thought they did. They, they could have. But the obituary said in part, quote, Old Steamboat, the grand old horse of the passing west, is dead. The horse that has nip, nipped in the bud the fondest hopes of many a bronco buster, the horse that has sent fear into the ranks of the veteran busters, is no more. Yeah. Now, wow. this is kind of interesting, though, Zeb. In 1936, a guy named Alan True was an artist from Denver, Colorado, and he was commissioned to create the symbol of a bucking horse and cowboy that was to be added to the Wyoming license plate. Oh, that's it then. Well, the... the he created a silhouette image of a cowboy on a bucking horse, and it's never been confirmed, but a lot of people believe that that silhouette to be steam, Steamboat. Now, did they have any camera photos of Steamboat? I, you know, I, Do you have any in the I book? don't in the book. I see. But, you know, that silhouette, whether it's Steamboat or not, has become the symbol of Wyoming. I'm trying to think. You said he died in what year? Uh, 1936? Uh, no, this was made in 1936. He died in 1914. Okay, what was the uh, photography availability at well, that Well, there point? was photography. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So they could have, they could, there could have been a, a picture, but uh, they... Now that symbol is also was placed on the Wyoming state quarter really? when, when the state quarters came out. You know, so anyway, you know he may or not be the horse on Wyoming's license plate, but Steamboat remembered in the annals of cowboy history as one of only five horses named to the National Cowboy Hall of Fame. Absolutely, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong on this, I think in Oklahoma City at the Cowboy Hall of Fame, and then also in Colorado Springs, I think there's a, a special segment on him. Oh, okay. I got to check that out. I think uh, I, I remember. Think seeing it at Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, just, what an amazing animal. What an yeah. amazing athlete. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you talk about athletes. Yeah. But, you know, I read a story one time about a, they, at the end of a roundup, they always had a, a contest to see who was the best riders, you know. And there's one that took place right over here by Rock Creek, not too far from us. Mm -hmm. And they came down to two cowboys, so they had to have a, a runoff. 
And so the first cowboy, he was on a horse, and it was bucking. And while it was bucking, he swung his leg over the horse's neck and pulled off a spur. Put his leg back, and then he did the same thing with the other spur Mm. and continued riding. Okay, so the next guy has to beat this. Well, he got one spur off, and that was it. <laughs> I got to tell you, you've attended the Cache County Fair and Rodeo oh, for years. years. All my life. And this is going to go down memory lane for you and me also, because I've had the blessing of announcing rodeos all over the United States and Canada. And one of the greatest rides I ever saw in my life took place in Burley with Kent Cooper. Really? And the horse called Hang'em High. How was that right? Big sorrel horse. And remember, he was over 90 points on that ride and oh. went in the record books from yeah. the Cash County local, local rider from Albion. Yeah, and you said earlier about how great it was to watch them both kind of get in sync. That was a ride that I'll never, ever forget. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, I've always loved horses. I've always, you know, I we don't break horses like that anymore. No. You know, there's a lot better methods and techniques. Uh, I've worked my horses in a round pen, and you just don't ride them. Size-wise, you're perfect for a bronc rider, so why don't you start practicing? <laughs> I have come off a few horses, Eb, and I don't want to do it anymore. It's not fun anymore. It's not anymore. No, that no. groan, it comes up at a high rate of speed, and it says, we're going to hurt you. <laughs> and you don't just jump. <laughs> right up <laughs> no you lay you there you lay there in the dirt and start to feel your arms and legs to make sure they're still you're not attached. like a bad check you're not going to bounce no <laughs> no <laughs> oh man god bless you great story i like that story yeah it was Thank fun you. but yeah. you know do me a favor and i want to just check uh, i thought that they had buried steamboat at uh cheyenne, cheyenne. but just check on that okay i'll me. see what i can find i appreciate that you bet